You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are approaching a new year, and oftentimes in the new year, you are rethinking your life choices, your career choices, your business choices, and you want to take things to the next level, as we all do as entrepreneurs in the new year. My guest today is Kim Daly, who has been with Franchise. She's a Franchise consultant, but she has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to just franchising in general, coaching franchisees, coaching business owners. So she's going to share a lot of her insights and knowledge in the world of franchising. Kim, thank you for being here and happy holidays to you. Thank you to you as well, Ryan. I'm so excited to be your guest today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you because there's so much to learn from you. Tell us a little bit about your background in franchising. I know you've got some extensive experience out there. Yeah, yeah. so you knocked it out of the park. I have been a franchise consultant for 21 years, you know, because I started when I was nine years old, Ryan. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. So I've been, uh, I've been at it a long time, but um, really I love to focus more on how as a consultant, I'm also a franchisee. Right. I live the life that I'm helping other people get to every day. I'm trained by a corporate office. I pay royalties. I, I spent eight years as an average performing consultant. And then one year later, back in 2011, made history in the franchise consulting industry by building the largest consulting business that had ever been built. So that's really the focus of all of my coaching that I do with all of my candidates, not to spotlight Kim but to share the story firsthand, I was the same me, Franchise was the same process. We were still in a recession Mm -hmm. and I did over three and a half times more revenue from one year to the next. So what the heck happened? And so my focus with all of my candidates after we've identified the right types of candidates, um, companies for them to explore based on their goals and interests and finances, then we turn very quickly to the mindset coaching of what drives top performance. And that's really how I coach people because it impacts everything from how they validate with existing owners and what they hear, mm-hmm. right? And how they start planning and thinking about the owner that they want to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to dive into that pivot point you had that year. And you talk about mindset, and I'm assuming you're you're extracting a lot of your own mindset ideas too, and sharing that with your, you know, your franchisees you work with. And you dive into like what, what was it in you that changed, or what did you find in yourself that drew that out? It's 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 everything, right? And so you know what it comes down to, Ryan. I made up my mind. I was sick and tired of creating this feast or famine reality that I had known for the first eight years, right? Franchise provided leads. And when they had leads for me, I was busy. And when they didn't have leads for me, I wasn't. And so when I was busy, I was happy. And when I didn't have leads, I was unhappy, but it's insanity. You just do the same thing over and over. And you think something's going to change. Just waking up, waiting for somebody else, AKA my franchisor, my corporate office to do something better. So I could have a better reality. And I just got sick and tired of that. And, you know, there was like a running joke. My, my dad used to say, you know, Kimberly, <laughs> to the rest of the world, when you say that you're a consultant, that means you're either unemployed or you're one of the highest paid people in the world. You know, and I had to listen to that and be like, yeah, and I'm one of the unemployed. 
yeah. right? Because most of the time I was not making money and I was yeah. sick of it. Yeah. So I, it, it was like, I just snapped in my head and I was like, I can't keep waiting for somebody else to do this for me. Yeah. I got to figure this out. Right. And it's why I'm so passionate and my entire social media like campaign is built around ownership equals accountability. Because mm -hmm. in franchising, I'm going to call this the silent killer of dreams. People, and I know because I was one, I'm not judging. People are waiting for the brand, their location, the franchisor, the marketing plan, the economy, all of these things outside of themselves to change so they can have the business of their dreams. And that's right. why most people don't ever have the business of their dreams because nothing outside of you controls your reality. Right. You don't have to worry about any of those things if you're controlling what is yours to control. And this is 13 years of wisdom on the backside of figuring out after I made history, what had I actually done, right? I didn't learn all of this in one year by any means. The only thing I did was look at my business and go, okay, so if I had more people, I'd have a better result. Yeah. And so how do I get more people? And I just decided to learn how to prospect for myself. And I mean, it was very, very quickly within like two, three years after that, that I stopped buying leads. And I really am not an advocate of franchisors that generate leads for their franchisees, because I think that they're, it's like crack cocaine to the franchisees. Mm -hmm. And what's that expression? Like give a man a fish and feed him for a day or teach a man to fish and feed him for life. Yeah. I think that driving lead flow is what owning a business is all about, right? Because if every business had all the customers they wanted, no business would ever fail. Right. So if the franchisor is enabling franchisees, and I know people think, oh, I'm buying this franchise because they're going to provide the customers for me. Well, no, because if they provide the customer for you, then they really own your business because they own your result. Right. 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 So yeah. it always funnels back to the dirtiest word in franchising, which is prospecting. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. But the reality is like we are not business owners until we master prospecting for our business. Right. Right. And that's a tough pill to swallow because it's not easy and it's a grind sometimes to to take that responsibility. I mean, like take your experience, right? You realized you had to take ownership and not point the finger or blame anybody else. So what, like talk about your day to day at that point, or, or if you're talking to a franchisee, what are, what are you, what are you sharing with them? What's the hard truth about prospecting and building the business outside of relying on the franchisor? Like what, what's the hard truth of that? What do they have to do typically in a day? to grow their business to a, to a level where it's, it's ex except, exceptional, really. I mean, yeah. what do you recommend yeah, it's a, there? It's a great question. So what, what I, so this is, let me tell back up and tell the story and then it'll make more sense. So the sure. first year in 2010 to 2011, when I made history, all I did was come to work. So I, I asked myself a rhetorical question, like what would happen if instead of focusing on all the people I was already working with, right? Which would be the clients in your business. I came to work every day with my fresh, positive energy to prospect for one new person. My last name's daily. So I'm like, okay, that becomes like the daily game, right? right? To prospect for one new person. Yeah. 
now. I had no skill. So that felt like Mount Everest. Like I just relied on franchise, but I'm a four point. Like, I'm like, I'm a 4.0. Like I, I may not have a business degree. I was summa cum laude though. Right. Like I was going to medical school before I landed in franchising. I'm like, I can figure this out. Right. So yeah. I read a couple books on prospecting. I started talking to people that had built like insurance people, people that had built prospecting plans or had built customer flow. And I was like, all right. But the main thing I tell my franchisees is don't go spend a bunch of time perfecting a plan. Get out there and hear no, like yeah. fail forward, pick up the phone and call people. Right. And in like the first people you're going to call, it's not even a sales call. It's like the people that already know, like, and trust you. And you're just excited to say, Hey, did you know that I just bought a franchise and this is what I'm doing? Isn't this amazing? And yeah. you're just writing the word because you don't know who they know. Like even to this day, 13 years later, I talk to anybody care if you have money or if you don't have money, if I can help you now, or it's going to be five years before you have enough money for me to help you buy a franchise. I don't know who you know, and I will work for the referral every single day of the week. Yeah. Right. So it's just, there are certain things that I coach people on doing, but the main thing is you're failing forward. It's not about having a perfect plan on paper. It's about getting out there, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, talking to people and, and watching how people react and respond to you. And when you're not getting the reaction or the response that you want, going back to your office and thinking, how could I do that better? How could I either prospect for a better person or with these objections that people are throwing up at me, how do I lead with that so those objections don't come up? And you know what? As you learn to prospect and overcome objections, you actually learn to be a better salesperson for your company, which makes you a better sales manager or leader of your entire team, which is not a bad thing. Right, right. So then you build what's called, so that that was the first year, which was not sustainable. I committed myself to finding one new person per day and I did it. But when you look back at the first year when I made history, I was only 80% effective at generating one new person per day. So perfection, was just not the goal. Perfection, I mean, what 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 happened was the consistency of that is what drove me to make history. So we don't need you to be perfect is what I'm saying. We just need you to be consistent. It's just like when I was a personal trainer, right? Yeah. I don't need you to like be good on your diet one day. I need you to be 80% consistent like throughout many days, right? That's going to give you the greatest results. So the same thing in prospecting, it's wasn't about what I did on any one day. It was the culmination of all of the days that I put my head down and really worked to find my one new person. And in most of the plans that I build for people, when I show them, like we kind of reverse engineer, like the average ticket to figure out how many customers they need to make the kind of money they want. And you break it down with closing ratios. You really come down it, the numbers, the daily numbers are really small in almost every sales plan. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is it becomes a, a discipline to come to work and not focus on, oh my God, I need to generate 300 people this year. No, if you're working 300 days and you need 300 people, you only need to generate one person today, right? right? And then you come to work tomorrow. And instead of letting two days turn into four days, turn into a week where you haven't generated anybody, which is what we do, we sort of like get busy, and but we're not productive you call yourself out on it. You hold yourself accountable yeah. to, all right, yesterday didn't work, but today's a new day. I don't need to find two people. I still just need my one person today. 
and know that as you focus and you you do this consistently, mm-hmm. you will get better at it. Yeah. And so, and then it create it turns into what I call like the second year after I didn't want to be a one hit wonder. I had all these numbers that were my numbers, all my KPIs, right? I had how many leads I had spoken to, and I kept track of like where all those leads came from, and was there a correlation between where the lead generate was generated from, and if they bought a franchise, and there absolutely was correlations, right? Mm-hmm. So I was able to eliminate lead sources just based on looking at my data. Yeah. You know, which made me on paper more effective, but that's good, right? Not spending time buying leads that once I got referred leads, I saw the people that I was paying for that were more expensive, weren't even my best candidates anyway. Right. And so every business owner can do this. And I always say, like, if you don't know your numbers, like, you know, your name, you don't know your business and you don't have to know every number. You have to know your annual goal. You have to know where you are in relation to your annual goal. That's your second number. Because like a ship without a port is lost at sea. But give the ship a port and now you have a goal. Now you have a destination. So that's your business owner with a goal. And then when you reverse engineer your plan, like I'm explaining, you have a navigation system. So when you have a port and you have a navigation system, you can get to that destination every single time. So when people marvel at the business I built and they're like, it's magical. It's so consistent. No. Well, I'm consistent. Yeah. It's not magic. It's science. It's a math problem. Right. right? And so I know how to play my numbers. So I optimize my math problem so that it's consistent. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Like I want to ask you this because I work with a lot of franchisors in the home service world. And what happens is a common thing is they hire a sales guy to follow up on leads, reach out to leads. And it seems like there's a common issue where there's, there's a revolving door with some salespeople in that world. And I'm trying to figure out what, what is it? Is it, and I know in my own, my own world of sales is I, I believe in it too. I believe in time blocking. I believe get up, you know, maybe check your emails and then commit to maybe an hour or two of prospecting a day or more, but block it out, block it out with no distractions. And just, I I agree with you hundred percent, stay consistent because when you are consistent, the real results come out. So what do you, if you're coaching someone in in, in that kind of a situation, and I work with a lot of home, the clientele that we work with tons of home service franchisors. And it seems like what I'm feeling is there's a lot of struggle. They hire salespeople. The salespeople don't really do a good job. They're not tracking analytics. The salesperson isn't really being, uh, they're not that active or they're not active enough to create results. How, what's the advice you can give people in that in that situation? Yeah, Ryan, this is where my whole heart is because I've been doing this for so many years and I've created so many business owners and people that I thought should have absolutely gone on and lived the dream who didn't. You know, on the flip side of that, I've worked with people who I wasn't sure about who have gone on to live the dream. You know, like yeah. one yeah. thing I definitely know is I cannot predict who's going to make the most of their moments. So, right. but I, I agree with you hundred percent. So what I really find the word like semi absent in um, home services is really it's, I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe that you as the owner, if you've never done the sale, even for 30 days, how do you know how to hire the right salesperson? Because sometimes you can hire for personality and train for like skill. You know what I mean? And then other times you need to hire for skill. So if you've never gone out there 
for 30 days or 90 days and faced your customer and heard the objections and come back to your office and internalize, okay, again, breaking down your sales process and saying, how could I do that better, prospect better? Because sometimes it's just your lead source is wrong, right? right? And then other times it's like, all right, that's the right person, but they're throwing up these objections. And like, if it's a price objection and people lower their price, I'm like, no, 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 right? right. Like, it's not the answer. The right customer will buy value when you show the value, right? right? So how do you show the value? And this is, I think, where franchisors really are not that good of trainers. They're really good functional trainers, but they're not sales trainers. Most of them are not. They're not mindset coaches, Yeah. which is what I would call myself, right? Like how you think and how you talk and how you act. Right. This to me is 80% of your success. Yeah. The, the franchise system you're buying, that's 20%, which is the scary, you know, thing because most people buy the system and think they have everything they need to be successful. But that's also why so many people aren't living the dream. Yeah. So, I mean, that conversation, that question you asked me is the whole thing. Right. It's way longer than a podcast. It's a multi-phased training program. But I think it starts with the owner taking accountability to learn the sale, stop the insanity of thinking it's the salesperson's fault and take ownership and say, it's my fault. Yeah. I'm not hiring the right people or they're not properly trained on yeah. objections and how to sell what we're selling. Yeah. So I need to take some time away from my job. If that's what I need to do to save my business, which is why it's hard to be semi-absent. I think in the beginning of these types of businesses, and whatever, whatever you have to do, it's your business. You're the one who said you wanted to be the business owner. So I know it's tough love, but it's like, you got to suck it up and get out there. And again, fail forward. You got to invest the time to learn so you can be the sales manager to your team. Yeah. And then maybe hire better people, certainly train them better. Right amazing books out there. I mean, I don't know if you know who Alex Hermosi is. Yeah. I've read, I've read yeah. one of his books. Yeah. hundred million yeah. dollar deals. Yeah. He's yeah. great. And now he just came out with a hundred million dollar leads. And yeah. like, like Alex says, you know, most people know what to do. Just like going to the gym, right? Most people know how to lose weight. Either they're not doing it or yeah. they're not doing it consistently. And I think the same thing goes for business ownership and prospecting. Most people know what to do. They just don't want to do it. Let's be real, yeah. right? And or they're not doing it, to your point, consistently. They're not blocking out time. Like on my calendar back in the day, I did what you did. If I'm going to schedule a consultation with a candidate that I already have, I'm equally going to schedule time in my calendar to go find somebody new to play with tomorrow, mm -hmm. right? I need to prospect just like I schedule time in my calendar to get to the gym. Yeah. Because that's an appointment I'm not going to miss. Yeah. So defining your priorities as a business owner and then holding yourself accountable to them is what we're talking about. Right. And if, if you do feel like you have a good sales manager, but their closing ratios are off, then attend a weekend sales course together or buy one online like a Brendan Bouchard. There's so many out there, right? Mm -hmm. Phil Jones wrote the best 100 page book I've ever written. It's called exactly what to say. After reading that page book, you can audible it in one elliptical session. I did the yeah. first time. And I was like, this is a magical book. Then I went and bought the book 
And I sat down with my process and read the book and thought about my process and started making notes. Yeah. And just, again, I invested the time in myself to get better so I could help more people. That's what we're doing as business owners, right? We're here to serve people. And to the extent that we serve, we, we receive, right? You give and then you receive. So I always tell owners who come whining to me about, you know, I'm not making enough money. And I'm like, well, then you're not giving enough. Right. Right. The math problem is you give and then you get. Yeah. So if you're not getting enough, you need to give more. Yeah. So you need to look at, again, sometimes it's not more. Sometimes it's optimizing who you're giving to. But that's all this business coaching, sales coaching process. Yeah. One theme I've I've generally seen just in my own experience, and I'm I'm sure you've seen it too, is no matter what it is, whether it's business or going to the gym or just creating any kind of life you want, people, I feel like people don't want to do the hard stuff because it is hard and there's fear. Like I, I remember early on in my sales career, rejection sucked. I mean, it, it you know, getting rejected, making lots of calls. It sucks, but after a while, you develop a thick skin, and then you detach yourself from that because you're just focused on the result. And you, I know that no matter how much rejection I'm going to get, eventually, I'm going to get something good out of it, out of the prospecting. And I think, I think, do you think overall, Kim, it's it's fear, and personally, I don't want to say not having guts, but not having the the grit to just go. Yeah, I need to get up at six in the morning and go to the gym. I need to get up early, check my email, turn off the email and prospect from eight to 10. Like it's the reality where you have to be that person. And I think that's where people miss the mark. They just, they, they have that fear in them and they can't get over that hump. Do you think, I'm sure you felt it too at one point early in your career, right, Kim? Like it was there, right? And of that's the, the biggest thing I see. I remember having a sales job early in my career in real estate and they hired somebody and I had, to, I think I had a trainer or something. And she looked at me like, you have to call people. I'm like, yeah, I have to call people. They're like, people aren't just slamming down our door. They're not lined up outside to sell their house. Like I have to call people. Yes. And she was like, Oh, I, I can't do that. And that's, that's, that's the prime example. Right? So I think, how do you coach people through that? Cause that, that's a mindset thing, Kim, right? That's a, that's a mindset thing. How do you drive people to that point? Cause they have to get there in order to be successful, right? They have to face that, that inner fear, right? Yes. It's so true. It's such a great question. It's such a great comment. It's such a great conversation, Ryan. Yeah. So um, it's so real. I mean, yeah. this is like the most real interview I've ever done. It's so, it's so amazing. I keep it real. And you're, it's <laughs> yeah. so true. I mean, it's so true. And, and I really, what it comes back to is your why, you know, right. like you asked me the very first question you asked me, what, what changed? I just got sick and tired of making excuses for myself. Right. I knew I was, I was made for more. I was better than how I was showing up and I had to do something different yeah. because I was sick of it. Yeah. Right. It was either fix it or go do something different. Right. And a lot of people will go do something different, but the thing is, They'll go do something different and end up in the exact same situation, right? In the next business or in the next job, because you, it's a lesson you got to learn, right? right? So you got to be committed to your why. And if you want to own a business, know that 
every single business owner out there that's successful is doing all those hard things. Grit is the best stinking word ever, right? Like when I interview franchisors and I say, so what's the one quality you're looking for? The word they always throw around is grit. It's not even competitive advantage. It's not like, you know, competitive, it's grit. Yeah. Because grit implies something more than, than competitive. It's, it's that you're willing, it's like scrappy, right? Like you're willing to like do the hard thing, you know? And most of your business ownership journey experience, life, whatever, it's not a mountaintop experience. It's a day, it's a daily grind. Yeah. Right. It's a get up and show up for your dreams and grind it out. Yeah. And if you're not showing up for your dreams, guess what? Nobody else is. Yeah. But that's what you said you wanted. So why right. is it so bad? And when we build your sales plan and you know your closing ratios, let's say, are one out of three, right? And so we build your plan back to like, all right, so if every day I show up to work, like how do you build a million dollar business in 12 months? Let's say your average ticket's $5,000. Mm -hmm. So you do the division, like, all right, I need 200 sales mm -hmm. to do a million dollars in top line revenue in 12 months. Okay, 200, that's not so bad. So you, let's say that you're going to work, you know, let's say I usually use 240 days where that's like giving an, a, an owner four weeks of vacation and then only selling five out of seven days. Even if your business operates seven days, you're only driving your plan forward five. So five times 48 gives you a bank of 240 days and you have 200 customers. So it's basically a one-to-one -one ratio, mm -hmm. right? So like, all right, so if I come to work every day, five days a week, and I sell one customer, something that's around 5,000, some tickets, maybe three, some maybe 10, but it averages to five. And I do that every single day for 248 days. And at the end of that, I have a million dollar business. Sounds mm -hmm. pretty easy, right? But how hard do you have to work to get that one sale? And this comes back to what you said. So if you are one in three, then you need 15 appointments on the books in a week, yeah. right. right? And you need to hear 10, 10 no's. So when you know the plan, you don't start freaking out when you hear no. Like in every sales process, there's way more no than there is yes. So people only freak out when they don't understand that most of selling is no. Right. Now, as you get more experience with your customer and with your product and your sale, your one out of three may go to one out of two. Right. It may even go to one out of one. Yeah. But you start where you start. And so when you're, when you're coaching yourself and your mindset or you're coaching your team, you got to constantly remind them, no is perfectly fine. You can't get to the five yeses till you get through the 10 no's. Right. Right. And to your point, everybody's not going to say no to you. Right. Yeah. In the beginning, you're like, oh, no, stop. No stinks. No stinks. It absolutely stinks. But when you're the customer, do you always say yes? No. no. Right. And so it's unrealistic to think every customer is going to say yes. And so let it go. Right. It's part of the process. Right. Yeah. Just like when I was in the gym business and when I, when people are like, oh, I can't be in the gym business, it's too trendy and people leave. It's like, so what? You may want those customers to leave. They might've been a pain in your, you know what, you know, yeah. you only have to worry about people leaving if you're not doing your front end job of finding more new people. Right. Have a business where you have a max capacity in there, you have a wait list. 
Yeah. So when people leave, you're like, see you later. We needed you to leave because we got people lined up at the door to come in and be our next new customer. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you flip the script to where you have control. And ultimately, Ryan, going back to that first year, what actually, what I actually did by prospecting every day, the number one thing that changed was my attitude. Yeah. I went from being reactive to being proactive. Mm -hmm. I went from being out of control to coming to work a thousand percent feeling in control. And what happens when we feel in control? What happens is we come happy, we're motivated, we're ambitious, we're eager, we're fun, yeah. we're passionate, like all things that people want to be around. And what happened is I started like, I, I mean, it was like amazing what started to happen. All of my candidates were like, we want what you have, Kim. Like they wanted the passion in my voice. Mm -hmm. And they started referring all their like doors that were closed were now opening and people started referring people to me. They're like, you got to meet this Kim Daly girl. Like, we just want to know what she's on. Like, we just want to get some of her happy. Yeah. The reason I was so happy and I'm always happy about my business is because I'm fully in control of it. Right. So when you, yeah. when you're grumpy and miserable, which looks in, if you're losing money and you, you're coming to work every day to put out fires, which we all have to do as business owners. But if you're attending to that stuff first, yeah, you're going to be grumpy. Yeah. But if you were like, don't talk to me until we win and ring our bell and find our one or two customers, and you've done the part of your day that puts you in a proactive, productive mood, feeling in control, you actually attend to the reactive stuff with a way better attitude anyway. And what will happen is over time, you'll have, you'll find you have less reactive stuff to deal with. People call me and they'll be like, well, what do you do, Kim, when this, ha when people say this to you? And I'll be like, oh, people don't say that to me. Why don't mm -hmm. they say that to me? And I literally have to reverse engineer my process and be like, oh, they don't say that to me because back here three steps ago, this happened. And so that just never comes up in my business, right? And it's like, people are like, wow. And again, they think it's magical. It's not magical. Most of it happens because my attitude and my leadership is so confident and strong because as I've done this, I've all of that got developed as I just felt more and more in control. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. And Kim, you have a webinar you do creating wealth through franchising. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how people can get involved in that? Yeah. So this is a free download, Ryan, that I created. I think it's, I created it initially for people who were thinking about owning a franchise, especially if they were comparing it to buying a private business for sale. Cause mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time really talking about the true value proposition of entrepreneurship versus franchisepreneurship. They're both good. Yeah. They're just used by different investors, right? For different outcomes. Right. So you can go to the webinar. It's like 30 minutes free, download it, watch it. But I also think that there's a lot of people who own franchises who didn't work with somebody like me, who don't even really understand what's theirs to control, what's not theirs to control, what they're legitimately owed in a franchise and what they imagined they were owed, mm -hmm. but they're yeah. never really going to be owed. And right. that may be tripping them up. You know, that silent killer of franchising that is you, Mr. Franchisor are going to do this for me, or the brand is going to do this for me. These are silent killers that nobody in franchising is really talking about, but the vast majority of owners out there believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really my soapbox. 
for real. So I think even if you are a business owner listening to this and you're struggling in your business and you know, it's coming back to like, wow, maybe I need to be more accountable to myself, but I don't even know really where to begin. My create wealth through franchising webinar may speak to you because it may correct some of the myths or misconceptions in your head about what's yours to control and own and what the franchisor is there to do and not do. Yeah. It's powerful stuff, Kim. So I, I think this has been a great conversation and I really want to get people to find you. So what's the best way to get in touch? Obviously through the webinar, your website, how can people find you or, or contact you if they have questions or want help from you? What I love is if you go directly to my YouTube channel, which house, houses every piece of video or an audio content I've ever created. I have a podcast on Apple and Spotify. I'm all over Instagram, LinkedIn, all these others. But if you just go to Kim Daly, D-A-L-Y dot TV, you can find it all. My shorts, my longs, my podcast. So you can get super educated. My podcast is what I call the storytellers podcast. The greatest storytellers in franchising are the franchisees. Yeah. So my focus, 90% of my episodes are franchisees sharing their why, why they chose the business they chose, how they're doing, what they've learned, advice they would give to somebody on the sideline. Like you'll find a very consistent format but they're inspiring stories. And, and you know, Ryan, that the franchisees, the validation we hear from other people, not salespeople, but the people who are, you know, just like us out there making, making their dreams come true. They tell the greatest stories that inspire the greatest number of people. So that's why my, my podcast is all about that. But if you go to kimdaily.tv on YouTube, you'll find all of it there and more. Um, before we wrap up, I just, can you give us a little, little story of somebody who's worked with you or some story that sticks out in your head or in your heart from somebody you've worked with anything you can share there oh my gosh i have so many stories so we're wrapping up as you mentioned in the beginning 2023 yeah. so i have seven people signing franchise agreements this week and next week so i've been um talk about the fear bus <laughs> i've been coaching people away from the fear of us since last friday right because it's yeah. very real like people think once i've selected my company and i've gone to meet the team day and i've been approved like kim daly i'm done with you and i'm like no you're not like anybody can really do all of that yeah. but only the people who are committed to their dreams can actually do the last step which is the most important step which is signing the franchise agreement right so i'm with you until you sign that darn agreement you know or coach you away from it if, mm -hmm. if I recognize that your fear is just all consuming. But I think um, I'm working with a lovely couple right now. And one of, I usually present four companies and I ask everybody, I call them blind dates because they don't know what I'm going to come back with. And I say, you know what, just stay open, right? You gave me characteristics. I'm giving you those characteristics wrapped in different industries and different franchisors. And ultimately when you invest in a franchise, it's never about what, it's always about who. Mm -hmm. So I can't represent the who. So go on the blind date, right? Before you form an opinion about what you like. So this couple went on, there are four blind dates and they came back and the wife said to me, um, one of them is a new emerging brand called Go Glow. It's a, a organic spray tan, which I'm obsessed with the business. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, Kim, when you presented companies, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go on the blind date because I respect Kim, but I am so not interested in spray tan. Mm -hmm. Two weeks into the process, she's like, I can't, she's like covering her eyes. I can't believe I'm going to say this to you, Kim Daly, but we don't want to look at any other company, only Go Glow. And they're signing a franchise agreement this week for one or two units that's up in the air still uh, for Go Glow. 
Wow. So, and I said to her, look, that is a testament to my process, but more importantly, your open mind. Right. Because once she got in and she was willing to hear, meet the people, hear the vision, what are they building? Why are they doing it? Who are they going after? What's the market size, right? How is she going to be in, be able to impact that business? How Who are the people she's going to create jobs for? Who are the people she's going to serve as customers? Why are they going to come back? Once she let the story be told to her, she saw a market opportunity mm-hmm. that I saw for her, you know, in her market in, in Denver from the very beginning. So it was really a testament to her open mind, but that happens to me all the time. Like people end up buying franchises. Like they come to me thinking I definitely want fitness. And then they buy fencing or something that's like not even, you know, in the realm right. of, of fitness, you know, and yeah. I'm like, look, that's, it's amazing because it's never about the what it should always be the who the, what is an entrepreneur in love with the, what mm-hmm. the, who is, I want to be in business for myself, but not by myself. So I'm finding people that have a vision for building a brand. They have money, they have experience, they have knowledge that I don't have, and I'm buying into them. Yeah. Leaders who adapt models and keep them growing and changing to the market, the economy, pandemics, recessions, all of this, right? It's right. always about the people. Otherwise, go be an entrepreneur. So my focus with all of my candidates, Ryan, is always lift your eyes up from the what, focus on the who, find your people, and you will have found your perfect franchise. Well, that's awesome, Kim. That's a great story. Uh, I wish you the best. I thank you for the connection and being able to talk to you. And I wish you a happy new year and a good holiday. Um, Thank you again for being on the show. And if you want to reach out to Kim, please go to her website, check out her YouTube. She's fantastic. She's got a lot of knowledge to share. Um, And check out FranChoice too. It's a good organization. So thank you, Kim. And take care. Thank you. Hey, this is Ryan. Are you in the market for a customer relationship management system for your business? Well, before you drop a dime, pick up my book, Customer Relationship Management Exposed, now available on Amazon. Just search Customer Relationship Management Exposed and my name, R-Y-A-N-A-R-C-O-R-A-C-I. This is your definitive guide to saving money before purchasing a CRM, so pick it up today.